education system always wins because I feel like fear is the biggest part. It's always like, if I do what I love, it's such a big risk, but if that doesn't work out, I'm screwed. As I grew up and got more deeper into the industry and a more higher level, everything changed. I got out of bed, called Virgin, and I said, what's the earliest flight back to Australia? And they said, oh, four hours. I'm like, I'll take it. I just got on the plane and left. If this all goes to shit and it didn't work out, it is what it is. I'll rebuild. Am I willing to be someone I'm not to go further down the ranks in this scene? And it changed from being this, like, the inner child of this young kid performing into, like, the dark side of the industry. You know, we live in this system where it's like, you know, you got to study, you got to go to school, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, bro, fuck the system, you know? Like, I've come to this self-confidence knowing I can create anything I want. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, we've got, we've got a Sunday session in the house. DJ Horizon, thanks for coming in, bro. Yes, sir, um, let yes, me do a little sir. bit of an intro for those who don't know. And um, we were doing a little pre-podcast chat. I didn't realize how involved you are in business and e-com. So we're definitely going to explore all of that because obviously that's stuff I love talking about. But again, massive uh, international touring artist, over a decade of experience. Um, and this man sitting across from me has had the opportunity to tour with some of the biggest names in the music world. Let me let me rattle off some of these names just Go to give it. some context. So, I mean, this is according to Google and some articles, but some pretty big fucking impressive names. Now, Janet Jackson, Black Eyed Peas, 50 Cent, Jason Derulo, Craig David, Neo, Sean Paul, Kelly Rowland, Usher, Lil John, t Pay. Trey songs and Nelly, just to name a few. Man, all in one mouth breath, bro. That there was very go. impressive. You got my, very good lung capacity. I'll do my best, man. I've got, <laughs> I've got an advantage. I talk quite quick so I can pump stuff out um, pretty quickly. So I want to start and get to know your story. As as we kind of spoke about before, you're not a lot of details about your story and 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 you know path and journey to where you are as public. So I'm excited to get to hear a lot of this for the first time now. I know you got into music really, really young and and, and that was a passion, a dream of yours from your early teenage years, but paint a picture for me for an early life. Did you, where, where'd you grow up? Were you in Sydney? Where, where were you? What was it like for you growing up? And Yeah. Uh, so I grew up, uh, sorry, I was actually born in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, so came to Australia in 99, mm-hmm. um, grew up all in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, I started DJing when I was 14. So a very young age before, before as commercial it is now, it was like, you wouldn't really hear about much DJs. Um, but yeah, I started at a very young age. Dude, when I was, I don't know, I just turned 30. So I'm born in 93. I don't know if you're on the same age as me. Um, but 95, 95. Yeah. yeah similar. <laughs> when I remember when I was in high school, I reckon I was probably like year 11 and 12 and every, like, that was at the time where every single person wanted to become a DJ. It was yep. the coolest thing, is the, the hottest thing. Like, what was it for you that motivated you to become a DJ at so young? Funny. Like, 14, most people yeah. a little bit later on, closer to clubbing, going to parties. Okay, well, it was actually a funny story. So um, I was always, like, I wouldn't say I was, like, the quiet kid. I was liked by everyone type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but I was the school's music plug. So every week I would go home with about 25 to 30 hard drives to (laughs) upload music for people, right? Um, So I was always known as the music guy. And then um, 
at parties, like I was always the kid, like shit, I can't dance. Um, so what I do, I sit in the corner. I'm like, just like, okay, like <laughs> uh, I need to do something. Right. And then I thought, I thought, I thought to it, I'm like, man, I got to monetize this. I'm giving music away for free. I'm going to monetize this man. Business brain at 14 years old. hundred percent business brain, ADHD, everything all like caught yeah. in one. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I got to monetize this. Right. So I ended up, um, I got a little small loan from my dad. It was the most ghetto setup at start. Um, and then, yeah, started doing all these parties. And then one thing led to another, one thing led to another. And then Horizon was born. Now, back in the day, what was it? Were you like, I feel like maybe you, you were a little bit, were you like LimeWire days? Was it SoundCloud? Like where were you pulling all this stuff from back <clears> in the day? It's very different to how, how easy and accessible everything is. It was, it was LimeWire mixed with computer aids, mixed <laughs> yeah. with all this like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of LimeWire and, and torrenting FBI, <laughs> yes. FBI into the chat. <laughs> nah, man, all, all Apple Music subscriptions paid for everything. It's all good. Yes, yeah, um, we, we do it legit now. Yes. Remember that. <laughs> now, um, so 14 years old, you get into it as like, a passion as a hobby definitely at what point does the switch flick in your head and then you're like holy shit this is actually a potential career path definitely so obviously with djing it is it is very easy to to dj but then um the thing is i was very good at a young age at piecing things uh together so it was like obviously my love for music but the thing that really got me to really love djing was crowd reactions Mm. So I think that's where I got all my dopamine from was doing cheeky cool reactions and I'm um, sorry, cheeky cool transitions with mixing and seeing people like, oh shit, did he really do that? And then that quiet kid sitting in the corner turned into like the main center of attention. So I kind of like ran with that, right? Um, so yeah, that's where like that's where it all kind of came from is like that love for that crowd reaction. And what 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 was the reaction of your parents, of your teachers when you're in school, you're already DJing, and then you're like, you know what? Guys, I'm, I'm going to make this my life. Okay, so um, it's actually it's actually funny because um, two days ago we were going through my high school report cards <laughs> and it was like ridiculous, like really bad. Um, all my school teachers knew I was DJing, so I DJed at lunchtimes um, at school, so they were very supportive. My school, my parents, my parents really supportive as well. You know, I'm I'm Indian Sri Lankan, so if anyone. Um, you know, if we have any viewers that are Indian and Sri Lankan, they know how strict Definitely it is do, yeah. to like, you know, you got to study, you got to do this, you got to take the usual path, go to uni, get a degree and go from that. Dr. Lawyer, engineer. Dr. Lawyer, engineer. It, it was not for me. Mm-hmm. It was not for me. So um, my parents, yeah, supportive, teachers, very supportive. I was never really the brightest in school. I said, I'd say I'd, I'm bright in different ways but not the academics well like you, you mentioned as well i found it recently i've well, i've got adhd which oh yes adhd brothers let's go i know and I've, I've i've had it obviously all my life as you don't fucking wake up one day and you have it but like i've looked back at my life and, and i was actually quite good in school but i was the classic report card good kid yep. smart yeah um but when he's not like easily distracted talkative if he doesn't like something like he'll, he'll make Switch his feelings off. clear yeah. but i feel like it's it's crazy that you you were you're able to like push aside all that all that shit from early on because so many times people like the system the education system people that whether they be super creative or they might have something like ADHD or they're just not interested in following the certain path yes. like the the standard path that's mm-hmm. laid out so so many times like the system wins and and it, and it dulls that creativity and and makes people conform like for me I thought because like I was an ambitious kid but I thought you know going through school What's the, and this is because I, you know, I, I came from where I came from, went to a public school. What's the 
what's the biggest, craziest job I could do? And I thought I want, was that, that was being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, I, I tried it and like, I just probably would have been like you. I'm like, I can't do this, man. Mm-hmm. Like my, my, my soul is sad. Like it's, 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 it's shit. How, 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 how are you able to, at such a young age, despite, you know, all the pressure of society and the norms to just, Believe in yourself from such a young age. I'm going to of make course. this music thing my life. Definitely. I think, you know, so, uh, the education system always wins because I feel like fear is the biggest part, hey? It's always like, okay, if I do what I love, it's such a big risk, right? But if that doesn't work out, I'm screwed. Um, the way how I kind of did it, I had a lot of people say I couldn't do it. So that was the main driving factor. But I knew I was so good at what I did, right? And I'm like, I think I came, I went into the mentality of like, if this go all goes to shit and it didn't work out, it is what it is. I'll rebuild. I think I have that ambition in me. I've got it tattooed right there to remind myself when I'm driving, whatever. I've got that ambition in me knowing that if this all falls to shit, I can rebuild, yeah. yeah, and tell me about this because people have said when I, like, I I invested all the money I had, I was working a corporate job for a bit. Yeah. I put all the money I had into into starting Happy Skin Co. And obviously, look look what's happened. Yeah. But when I did it, I didn't have I didn't have tons of money. Like I remember yeah. we put about ten grand in each. Like yeah. we'd saved up, and we were we were early early twenties. Um, and by the time I put that 10 grand in, bought yeah. all the stock and everything, I had like a grand in my bank account. Everyone's like, dude, isn't that such a risk? I'm like, yeah, no, the risk is not taking action and not it trying is. to make yeah. your dream come true. Exactly. Were there ever any moments, doesn't seem like talking to you, but were there ever any moments early on before you obviously ha- had achieved the level of success that you did that in your mind, did you ever fault? Did you ever start thinking, oh, maybe I'll go try something a bit more safe and stable, predictable? Never, bro. I've never had a job in my life. That's believe it or best. not. Um, so as I said, you know, I started DJing when I was 14. I did every single house party and the name kind of like, you know, went through the community, community, and then it went all over the place. And then, you know, I became like a name, like, you know, Horizon. Well, it started in Melbourne, became, you know, decent in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> He's massive guys. Now um, it did very well in Australia, but it was more like, I just knew I was really good at what I did. And I just, this is what made me happy. And at a young age, I did make quite a bit of money from the house parties and all stuff. And it just kind of one thing, it led to a snowball effect. Yeah. yeah. That's, I wanted to ask, um, to understand kind of the D- DJ path, what it's like to make it now. What, what is that process like? So at the start, you obviously, you, you, you're the, you're the music connect for the school. Yeah. That's how it begins. Then you start DJing house parties. Yeah. What's the progression though, from house parties, when you start getting this recognition, can you DJ in, in any clubs or events until you're 18? Do you have to wait? Like yeah. how, does it, how does it work? So it's actually interesting. I don't think it works now. Um, but so obviously it went from house parties and I actually DJed in clubs when I was 16. So I would DJ Thursday, Friday, and I would actually go to school early. And the the teachers, they were so cool. They actually opened the common room so I can sleep in it and then nine o'clock school starts. But the way it works with um, the nightclubbing, as I said, I don't know if it works now, but you need a sponsor. So my sponsor was my dad. So my dad would come to the club with me and just be sitting behind the DJ booth. Yeah. I'd be spinning, you know, killing shit. You know, people are getting wild and stuff. And he's just chilling like that, watching his son fuck shit up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's how it kind of, it worked from there. Did, did did you feel like having those cool experiences like through those like adolescent, those teenage years, do you feel like that helped build like your self-belief and your confidence into what it is today? Okay. So this is, this is a great question. So, so I go by DJ Horizon, right? So there's DJ Horizon and there's a kit. So I'm 
So it's two different people. So on social media, I'm a completely different person, but off social media, I'm a completely different person. So I feel like DJ Horizon is a character I play. You know what I mean? So it's like this alter ego that I play. Um, I still feel like I still am that, you know, that, that inner child, like, you know, like just quiet, um, you know, just sits in the corner type of thing. But then when it's DJ Horizon, it's this charismatic, loud, you know, yeah, you guys ready? Let's, let's turn up. But if I didn't have all that, it would just like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's two different. So were you naturally more of like an introverted kid growing up or? Um, Introvert. I'm an extrovert in the right circle, but I'm an introvert in the, in the circle I don't vibe with. Yes. Yes. Was, was creating this character, this, 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 not character, but this, this, this vehicle, this, you know, DJ horizon, what that become, was that, or like you said, now you can, you can go home, you'll be with your missus, you'll be with your family, you'll be, you'll yep. be who you are in your normal life. But now when you walk on stage, like you can turn on like, like nothing, instant, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it a bit of a process to get to that when you were younger, building it up and getting these skills and refining it? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I didn't know where it was going to go. Right. So I think I was like, I was always naturally an entertainer. Um, and then, you know, my first big show was the tiger concert in Melbourne. And it was like at the, it was at the palace theater that, um, it's now, it got, now there's apartments there. Demolished a beautiful iconic for apartments. Ah, it is what it is. But it was kind of like one thing led to another. And it was like, you know, first I did house parties and clubs and now it's like festivals. And then um, I did like the Good Life Festivals when I was younger. And actually that story is amazing because um, I there was like this DJ competition uh, for the underage people to DJ at Good Life. And um, I did this DJ mix insane DJ mix. I still have it on my SoundCloud archive, but it's still on my SoundCloud. And it was insane, like non-biased. It was freaking wild for my age, you know? And, um, uh, it was leading up and I'm like, okay, like I hope I I've won this competition. I didn't even place top three. And it was like, when you won that competition, you play on the ride stage. Like it's like a small little stage. They were like, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm like, I'm like, how does this work? You know, I'm doing like R&B, hip, everyone's doing EDM house music. I'm like, man, I'm doing R&B and house. I'm doing, I'm mashing it all together. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, this is, this is rigged. And then, you know, I was really upset. I'm like, you know, this is crap, whatever, whatever. A day later, I got a phone call from um, the actual guy who runs it. And this is when I was like 15 years old, who like, from 15, the guy who runs it, I'm very, like, to this day, we are such close personal friends. Um, he called me up. He's like, hey, man, um, you know, you didn't make the top three, but um, I wanted to call you up and said your mix was unbelievable. I want to put you on the main stage. Oh, yes. So I'm like, no way that just happened. So that's when my first, I support, it was me, Dizzy Rascal, Rita Ora wow. at, like, 15 years old. And I still have an interview I've got like, you know, the, what is it? The JJ long singlet with the <laughs> mohawk vibe, yeah. you know? So like, that's where it like started where I'm like, okay, this is going to turn into something. So that was, that was one of the big first moments for you. What was the first moment? Again, I, I imagine you would earn pretty good money from, from doing all the house parties, but mm. what was the first moment where from DJing you earn like a, a pretty decent sum of money? And once you did that moment, did that change like your perspective? Like, holy shit, like how far I can take music and what music can actually do for my life. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a bit of a catch 22. Like um, I think when I was around 
2021, that's when the money started getting really good. Um, when I say really good, I was talking maybe like four figures yeah. a show mm-hmm. for like an hour set. But um, what? This, so this is what we're going to get into because it's like we're talking about all these amazing things. But as I grew up and got more deeper into the industry and a more higher level, everything changed. Everything changed. In what ways? So it was like, am I willing to be someone I'm not to go further down the ranks in this scene? And it changed from being this like, you know, this young kid, like the, the, the inner child of this young kid performing into like the dark side of the industry. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it, it completely changed everything. Um, so it was my whole dream when I was younger was like, you know, I want to go to America and perform. And, you know, that was a dream, you know, an Aussie kid from the suburbs um, uh, going to America and starting his DJ career in America. Um, that all happened. That all happened. So I got picked up from a massive label who was actually, the, the guy was looking after Usher at the time uh, during the R&B Fridays tour, went to America and I was supposed to be there for three months. Right. I got there and, um, you know, the label I was part of was a big label and uh, we we went to the, the agent's birthday at the time and I never have felt social anxiety till I went to this place. So I went alone. And everyone was there, like, you know, uh, freaking Tiger, DJ Khaled, P. Diddy, P. Diddy's kids, um, everyone. And I'm like, damn, I'm, like, I'm just a kid from the suburbs of Melbourne. Like this is like a bit full on. And I started seeing like the bit of the dark, toxic side of the industry. Um, and I don't want to like talk too much, but I also want to give that information because um, how it just changed everything. And it was kind of like – the people that I was dealing, like my heart's very pure, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely a nice person. I genuinely want to have best people's best interests. But it's like when I got to America, it was very like, who are you? Who do you know? Uh, what can you do for me? I'm like, yo, like, can I get your name first? Like, like let's, let's have a decent conversation. Dude, I had exactly the same experience. A um, couple years into Happy Skin Co, obviously we were, we were doing pretty big numbers in the, in the US. and. Yep. Again, I, I was always the kid. I want to go go live over in the states for a while. When you when you're a straight, you're like this Aussie kid from the suburbs, and you're seeing all these movies and, and TV shows. You're like, yeah, that's that's where the big that's where it's the at. big shit actually happens. Yeah, I went over there and had exactly the same experience. I went over there and I, I was going out with some business friends, some other yes. econ boys, and then we'd go to like <clears throat> dinners at these fancy restaurants, and then like we go into these clubs and you, and you and you get brought into like the VIP area, and it's like. I didn't realize having like a, 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 someone's job is just to connect. Like what yeah. the fuck is that? And like everyone's wheeling and dealing every single interaction. And like the, the girls come up to you. It's like, oh, they say you're in the VIP area. And yes. it's like, dude, like these are like beautiful women. Yes. They'll, they'll come up to you and they just throw themselves to you, make themselves so, so yes. available. It's like, this is such a turnoff for me. And yes. then every person that comes up to you, it's exactly what you said. Who are you and what can you do for me? Exactly Whereas right. in Australia, we're like, let's get to know each other. We'll have a chat if anything yes. comes from that suite. Yes. But it's so in your face. What mm-hmm. you, you said everything changed from them. What I want to know is how did you change from that? Okay, so the okay, so I'm just gonna tell you what exactly happened that made me change. So 
I, you know, I met some good people. I did a, a show at Highlight Room and it was, it, for people who don't know Highlight Room, it's a, it's a very known uh, rooftop pool club in, in, um, in LA. You know, did that and, you know, met some really cool people vibing out. Um, and then uh, that night we had an after party at Highlight Room, vibing out with the same people, but everything just changed. It's like what happened during the day, right? So at nighttime it was very snobby, like, you know, like I'll oh, get away and, and you know, like oh, I don't have time for you and stuff like that. And that's when it changed to me. I like I had this massive social anxiety and as I said, I was supposed to be in LA for three months. I was only there for three days at this point. I went back to my hotel room. I stared at the ceiling for I think it was probably maybe like six hours just staring at the ceiling. Cause when I was staring at the ceiling, I just pictured my whole DJ career go through my, like my, my vision. I was just replaying all these things. And it was like, it was like, I don't know, everything was just getting played. And I got out of bed called Virgin. And I said, what's the next, where, what, what's the earliest flight back to Australia? And they said, Oh, in four hours, I'm like, I'll take it. I just got on a plane and left. Wow. You get home, do you start rethinking everything? I I still love DJing. DJing's still in my heart, but there's an there's other ways. I feel like everyone thinks you have to go to America. There's so many other ways. That's what I wanted to ask. Now, obviously, uh, we've had people on, like we've had DJs on, we've had, we've had like actors and artists on as well. With especially with DJing over over almost any other industry, it's very easy for that life to take you down one path. And, you know, to live like a life of, you know, I'm not religious, but like a, like a life of sin. Yes. And, and it's all about that now. Yes. For you, how have you been able to, like, obviously it's fine to go out and party and whatnot, but how have you been able to protect, like, your authenticity and, and, and who you are as a person? Like you said, uh, like a, a, a kind-hearted, warm person, but you went in that sort of industry. Yeah. On top of the dog eat dog world that it can be like in America, how do you navigate that and not lose yourself? Yeah, well, obviously um, – I did grow up with amazing parents, like very supportive parents. And I think it's very important throughout the week to remind yourself why you do it and not to get caught up in the bullshit. Um, it is very, very like, obviously it's like you love the DJing, the entertainment, entertainment aspect, but you know, to network, it's like you might need to go down this dark route. And it's like, you know, to this day, I've never touched drugs. I've smoked a couple of joints, <laughs> um, but all the other stuff, I've never touched it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, you have to keep reminding yourself why you're in it, but everyone's different. You know what I mean? Everyone's um, journey in this scene is, is different as well, but this is just my personal way. And I think it's, um, I've got a very supportive, very supportive girlfriend that really keeps me on my toes. Um, so I think she reminds me the reason why I do it and the reason why I love to do it in the way I do it. Have, have you seen people, I'm sure you would have, and obviously it's not about dropping names or anything, but have you seen people where you might've kind of been coming up at a similar time, they went over, had their experience in the US or maybe they were from the US and, and you can clearly see people essentially like selling their soul to make it, not selling this, but you know, just doing things that maybe are immoral or rip people or going like, it's very easy for that to happen, right? I've, I'll, I've, I'll put it to, to you short. I've seen them and then they just disappear. And then they come back again and then they disappear. So it's like what, what my take of that is like they've gone very hard mm-hmm. and then it's taken a toll when they're like, like, you know, obviously physical, mental, that they have to like restrain and come back to reset. You, you mentioned you, you take, you've been able to take another path. You don't need to just – it's not all about the U.S., right? No, How have all. you then gone – obviously you, you, you're massive in, in, in the UAE, the Middle East, and Europe. 
how have you gone? Like you go back, you have that experience. You're like, you know what? I could follow that path, but it doesn't align with who I am and my values. Props yeah. to you for, for making that decision. You come back to Australia, you regroup. How do you then set the next plan and how do you navigate moving forward from there? Of course, yeah. So I had to see what networks I already had within my circle. Um, and I knew I knew US wasn't just everything. You know, once I have a lot of amazing friends in the UAE, um, in Europe and stuff like that. So, and especially in Australia, you know, Horizon in the R&B hip hop scene is a very well-renowned name. Um, so it's like we have that still here. So it's like how... It, it actually worked in my favor because like, I can go to Dubai for six months and because I'm not in Australia, it's harder to get me. So the exclusivity goes up. So it's like, it works in my favor. I can yeah. still have fun in, you know, Dubai and then come back to Australia and still do the shows that I love to do out here. Um, and you know, it's, it's also more money cause I'm, I'm not here for six months of the year. So it actually works out really great. And I felt like Dubai, the people, the energy, Dubai is a place where I feel like everyone wants to see everyone win. The ego, you still have ego everywhere in the world, right? Australia, wherever, you see, you see it everywhere. But I feel like in Dubai, it's like everyone's there for the same reason as well. They want to win. But it's also, it's different to LA. In Dubai, it's like, how, how can I help you achieve this as well? You, you mentioned in, in Dubai, everyone wants to see everyone win. Uh, would you say it's the opposite in Australia? Not, not that people don't, but like... Stepping out and being big and being ambitious and, oh, and, definitely. and is, is, is for whatever reason that I don't understand it, it isn't what we do in Australia. Oh. We, we like to, you know, as soon as people step out of the box, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, uh, my homie Julian, Julian Petrolis, he, he put up this post. Someone asked him a question. Is it hard to make it out? in Australia compared to anywhere in the world. And um, I think if I send you this, we'll, we'll put it in the, yep. in the clip. And he, he explained it perfectly. Um, actually, do you want me to actually get read it, it out? Get yeah, it, let me get, it. let me read it out to you right now. I think yeah. I screenshot it. I'm like, man, facts on facts on fact. Let me get your, th- your, yeah, thought, yeah, your do, thought on do, this do your thing. as well. Okay. I got it right here. This is Julian's yeah. um, thing. Um, do you think it's harder to make it out if you're from Australia? Julian replied, I think if you're young and ambitious, you need to live in a thriving environment for your younger years. You can't be in a country, in a country that discourages success and you can't be in your twenties fully experiencing life when nothing is going on. Everything shuts so early. There's literally nothing to do after 5 PM. Everything is too slow. You're not fully utilizing your youth in Australia and will watch those years fly by you. Australia has two things, nature and high wages for no skilled jobs. That's it. And most people that go on about the beaches live nowhere near a beach because they can't afford to. If you wake up at 5 a.m. and love to surf, then Australia is for you. Otherwise, a lot of people will never reach their full potential being based there. So why live in an environment where you can't thrive? If you are ambitious, you need to be in an environment where others are also ambitious. So I think after 40, Australia starts to become appealing for the slow lives, but not in your younger years. And I was like, whoa. You put that on your story, right? Last yeah. week. I, I think, I, I think, I, yeah, I saw that. And I remember thinking, fuck, he's nailed it. He's nailed it. And I've, I've gone back and forth in my head a lot of times about my relationship to Australia and Sydney and where I want to be based for the, for the longest time. Like I, I've just found, because obviously before, before business, I, I, I was an actor for five years. Oh, fantastic. So Again, it was always how quick can I get out of Australia because it's just such a limited market. And like yeah. in Australia, you think about it, like being an actor is a, a fun job. It attracts heaps of people, but, you know, there's not that much that gets made in Australia. The casting directors have their same, you know, 
loop of talent. I'm sure it's similar with getting booked when you're, when you're coming mm-hmm. through music mm-hmm. and like 90% of the work in Australia will go to the established 10% of, of five, 10% of actors. Yes. So it's really hard to crack it. Whereas in America, yeah. actors can get, you know, two auditions a day. Yes. They just don't have that sort of opportunity in Australia. So I've always wanted to go and base myself somewhere else. Like, as I said, went to LA, the nature, but then like the nature of the, how every situation, every interaction, every conversation was like, what can I get out of it? Turn yeah. me off. Looked at moving to London. We were just over in Europe, did, did a podcast tour in London. Wanted to live over there for the longest time, but it's like all people do there is work. And when I say work, like co- a lot of corporate and then they go and drink at the pub. Do every you feel day. like it's similar to Australia, London? <sighs> no, like I, I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've flipped and flopped a lot. I, I love London, but I feel like over the last, I hadn't been back since before COVID and all that stuff. Mm. It lost a little bit of its soul, man. Okay. Lost a little bit. So it's like, it's like everyone is like working all the, and everyone's wearing a suit 24 seven mm. or they're at the pub. Like right. every single dozen man's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the pub. So it's like, I'm thinking Netherlands next. I might go to, over to Amsterdam. Me, my yeah, might right. I just need something that's, that's more happening than Australia because yeah. like you can be in Australia and like you have that like FOMO, the fear of missing because nothing Truly important happens in Australia. Let's be real. It's Outside true. of Australia, yeah, like of course. But then it's like we do have a great lifestyle. I've, yeah. I'm established here, so it's it's, it's still it's a home. One. It's, it's home. still yeah. home. Hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people think Australians are just paid actors, and Australia just doesn't I know, exist. Yeah. Because you know we we tra- we we travel, and people are like you're Australian. Like, whoa, you traveled to get here. And then when you look at Google Maps and, like, you see how far, like, it's just ocean, you know? like Dude, it's 24 hours to go anywhere, essentially. It is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I wanted to ask you this before we start moving on. Oh, oh, I've of got course. a few more stuff on, on, yeah, on please, the DJing bro. journey, but I want to I ask you about the business and how you look at all that. But of course. One question I wanted to ask you is what does creativity mean to you? Oh, this is a tough question. Um creativity to me to be honest i think with with my brain i always have a lot of things because even the missus uh she told me this this video like this reel she's like oh there was this lady that had um something in her ear and she went to the doctor and it was a massive slug that came out of her ears i'm like you know what we should invent ear nets yeah because it's like people, people, it's like, what about earplugs? I'm like, nah, earplugs are more, it's not, it's not, unco- it's uncomfortable. You sleep with earplugs and you got something pushing in. I'm like, why don't you just put an ear in it? She's like, okay. So you're the type of guy you, you might like, and something will happen and you're like, that's a business idea. Yeah. I just feel like my brain, I'm always thinking all the time. It gets the better of me sometimes, but I feel like it's more of a superpower. Um, so it's more like putting this to paper type of thing. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned having ADHD as well. Do you feel like it's um, l- limited you or it's been like a superpower, like what you were saying? It goes both ways. It goes both ways. So when I'm in the zone, it's a superpower, but man, sometimes I'm just like, I have to just shut, shut off and just like do nothing. Um, do you feel like that sometimes as well? I, I'm the same. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I only found out this year because I, I don't know why it took me so long to, to find out and get diagnosed. But mm-hmm. as soon as I did, my missus, I was actually when we were in Melbourne, we we're doing a podcast here in Melbourne. My missus sent me um, a, an ADHD video, like just, you know, on, on, on reels. And she's like, holy shit, bro, is this you? Which I'm like, holy shit. Then you go down the rubber hole and I realized, wow, this, this is me. But I, I was actually a little bit cut that, that I found out I had it. Not cut because I had it because I thought, oh, I thought my brain, I'm, I'm the way I am because I'm special, right? Yeah. Everyone thinks they're special yeah. in their own way. But it really has for me, it's, it's been 90 
90% a, a superpower. 100%, right? Massively no, no, a superpower. Yeah, like I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. One, one thing for me, I can do anything I want. 100%. I can do anything I want and no one can stop me. Yep. But there's a catch. Yeah. I can't make myself do something I don't want to do. Exactly. If I don't really want to do it, I'm horrible, man. And I can make, I can sit there and like, I really want to do it. But if deep down inside I don't want to do it, dude, I cannot. Dude, I resonate with you 100%. Do it, man. It's crazy. But if you were to Google like ADHD, yeah. it's only least all the negative symptoms. 100%. So it's got such a bad yeah. like, rap. Like, yeah. But only recently I feel like from the rise of some like ADHD content creators, people have started to realize, well, like sure there are negatives and things you've got to manage with it, but it actually yeah. can be a really good superpower. And I That's wouldn't it. change my brain for anything. Neither. Not Neither. at all. You mentioned sometimes it does get the better of you. Obviously being a DJ, living the life you live, you know, going festivals, tens of thousands of people. And like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a career and a life that would yes. trigger a lot of dopamine yes. release. Right? Yes. Yes, definitely. The ups and downs. Talk to me about that. <laughs> all right. So touring, um, the DJing stuff, all good. I'm a dopamine receptor guy, but like when I have to wake up and pack my bag, <laughs> oh. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, Just fried, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And to be uh, to be completely honest, if it wasn't for my misses, like now, uh, man, I don't. I think we. I would have missed like fifty flights. Just like <laughs> I'm very, like I'm very organized and disorganized at the same time. Mm-hmm. I leave a lot of things for the last minute if I can't be bothered. Like you know, maybe some bills, some like just stuff that I'm like, eh, I can deal with it. Next thing you know, like ten days overdue, I'm like. I should deal with this now. I'm the same, dude. And then especially what makes it worse, like they'll send letters. I'm like, who the fuck sends letters? Yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. But, yeah, I'm, I'm the same now. When you're feeling burnt out, like overworked, stressed out, you're just rooted, right? Yeah. How do you then recharge? Like if you've got another like three nights in a row of shows, mm-hmm. what can you do? Like do you have any practices, habits, anything you do to kind of like – Pick yourself up, make yourself feel better when when you are stressed and burnt out. To be honest, bro, I'm still I'm still working it out. I'm still working it out. To be completely honest, um, I feel like I just kind of just still just run with it, knowing I've got you know sh- shit to do. Just move on, you know, grab yeah. a helmet, <laughs> like you yeah, know? yeah. But I think um, I'm still learning a lot about how to, you know, when, when you're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed, how you can you know better you know, like fix that. We all are. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a constant process. Now I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it would be like living a life like you. I know I have my, my, I have my habits and things that I do that help me, but mm. it's like knowing what to do and, and doing it are two different things. It's yeah. because it's like when you've got so much on and you're an ambitious guy, like you got it tattooed mm-hmm. on your hand, your body might be telling you, Hey, you need to slow down and rest a bit. But when, yeah, you, when you've you got can't. two shows, you can't, you can't you do can't. anything about it. Yeah. I've tried meditating like in the mornings, like, but when I meditate and this is another thing as well, like when I meditate and try and come at peace, listen to like, we just heard a car go by yeah. you know, and like, you know, just listen to all these things for like 10 seconds. I'm like, okay, like I'm meditating. Then like, you know, 10 seconds later, I'm like, man, I wonder what I'm going to have for breakfast today. You know, oh, it's like, do I feel like, you know, eating bread? Because I don't feel like eating bread. Because if I eat bread, I feel a bit flappy. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, a bit, so I'm like, maybe we'll just do like no, no carbs. I'm like, wait, shit, is this still meditating? <laughs> yeah. And then like, that's how, that's literally how it is, right? It's just like, it, it just doesn't shut off. Yeah. Sometimes. I, when I, when I, so when I got diagnosed, I chatting to the psychologist that diagnosed me and like, because like, I'm, you know, I'm, I've got this podcast, I'm massively into personal development. I have all these conversations with people. And like everyone says, like you should meditate, you should meditate, you should. Yeah. I've never 
enjoyed meditating. But I think it's ADHD. I can't because I sit down on quiet. And then what comes into my head is all the fucking things I need to do. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no, just let me do 10 minutes, all the things I need to do. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm better off just going to do yeah. it. But like what the psychologist's advice is like, if, if meditating doesn't feel good for you, then don't do, don't it. do it. Find what works for you. Right. Like there's simple breathing techniques or for me, visualization and, and visualizing has been, been a massive part of my journey and how I honestly believe I've had so much success and that's peaceful for me. And I can visualize for half an hour, an hour if I want. And that's enjoyable. So he said, do that. For you as someone that's achieved the success and had all the fucking crazy experiences, have you used visualization a part of your journey? hundred percent. Like my whole bathroom, my whole bathroom and all like my mirror, I've got this long like uh, a ceiling to floor mirror. It's all photos. It's all photos. Like in my, uh, in my bathroom, it's all quotes. It's like you are in the process, be patient. So that's another thing. It's like sometimes we get so overworked, like, you know, something's not coming fast enough. I need that visual representation to say, yo, bro, slow down, you know. Um, there's this really, um, oh, shit, there's this really good quote. I think Michael Jordan said it. It's like some people, some people want to do it. Some people, oh, I'll, I'll get it later. But, yeah, yeah. like it's I, I wake up and look at that every day and I feel like that must be – that's a different form of meditation maybe ideally. A hundred percent. So where do you feel like your motivation comes from? Like you're clearly a very ambitious, driven guy. Where does that come from? Why do you feel like you have to give this life everything you got? I like nice things. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. You're dressed very sharp, nice watch, nice glasses. <laughs> that, that. But it's the freedom to buy nice things and go to nice places, yeah. right? Do, be able to have the choice. I think it's also like um, – I've seen the way my parents have worked really hard and I think, not think, definitely I know I want to never go backwards and I really want to give them everything they deserve as well in life. And I think it's that fear of going back in that other direction, which I just don't want to happen. So I want, I want, like I, I visualize so much, like I want this to be my life um, for, for me, my partner, my parents and my kids in the future, you know what I mean? So that's like the pretty much the goal for me, you know, and that's the driving force and that's where the dopamine comes from. Yeah, massively. Now, what in terms of your life, a career, what moment reflecting back now are you most proud on? <sighs> to be honest, man, these are these are good questions. To be honest, I I think it's the creating something from absolutely nothing. And you know, we live in this system where it's like, you know, you got to study, you got to go to school, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, bro, you'll probably beat this. Fuck the system, you know, yep. like beep. Um, I think, I think it's just, you know, choosing your own path. And I've, I've come to this self-confidence knowing I can create anything I want. And, you know, with, with obviously our brains, it's like, we can make it happen, you know? So let, let's just say a, a young kid, 18, 19 year old comes up to you after one of your shows and just says, Hey bro, I fucking love what you've done with your life. I have a dream. It might be X, you know, but I you know my, my parents want me to, to go to uni and kind of I'm just going through the process. Well, like what you just said, creating something from nothing. What's your advice to someone that has a dream but they haven't actioned it yet but they just know deep down that there's yeah, something better for definitely. them to do? I think everyone wants to make their parents proud, right? But end of the day, it's like you, you have to live for you because end of the day as well, if, you, if your parents say you need to become a lawyer and you go – down and you know study law and stuff and all this thing it's like are you really happy you know and I feel like if you're doing something you're passionate about the 
you know, you know how they said there's, there's motivation and there's being driven motive, like being driven is like, you don't need motivation because you know, you want to keep working and, and get it done. Cause you see what you want. But then when it comes to motivation, it's like, you need that motivation to like, keep on going, keep on going. So there's that massive difference. Yeah. I think it's just, you just have to really find that in yourself and just. No, you, you're, different. you're right. Like driven is, is different to motivation, but also I feel like Motivation comes and goes, right? Mm-hmm, it ebbs and definitely. flows. But you can create your own motivation definitely. by doing things like you said, your mirror, mm. photos from certain moments, quotes. Like mm. you can do a lot of things to 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 keep that going and keep and keep filling up your cup as much as possible. But regardless of how well you structure all that, there mm-hmm. are gonna be days where you don't feel like it, you're tired, you wanna stop working. How big of a role, because even though you're in such a creative artistic world, mm-hmm. still, even that being the case, how much of a role has hard work and persistence been for you to get where you are today? Can you repeat that question? So how how much of a role has hard work and persistence mm-hmm. played? Even though you're a DJ and it's fun and creative, I would be very surprised if you tell me, Dylan, I haven't had to work hard and I haven't had to be persistent. Well, I, I feel like at the start you see, I'm not, I'm not like this, you know, hardworking, persistent. Like I wake up 6am do an ice plunge and, you know, I eat my vegetables and stuff like that. Like it's complete. Well, of course <laughs> not, no. It's not that's that. no fun. Yeah. That's yeah, no exactly. fun. No. And that's bullshit. That's not what yeah, I mean yeah. in any way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's how, you know, obviously you got, you know, you're working hard and working smart mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, it's like, I've got to experience the, the both. Um, I still have my days, bro. You know, I still have my day. Some, some weeks are better than uh the other weeks but i think it's end of the day it's it's just knowing you're taking one foot in front of the other you know i I, i'm not gonna lie i'm not i'm not like this guru that wakes up and you know i have to like kill it as soon as i wake up yeah but you've just followed your fucking passion and you've probably followed your 0.1% skill, right? I think, I think pretty much that's, that's what you got to do. You got to find what you love and what you're passionate about and just ride with it. Now, obviously you've, you've had such a passion for music since such a young age. Where does mm-hmm. your brain start also looking at opportunities? We, we spoke about business and e-commerce and brands you've built and products you've designed. When does that come into your life? Definitely. So this is actually, this is actually crazy. So with DJing, I was meeting some really cool people like really cool people. Even when KSI and Logan Paul came uh, to Australia, you know, I was with KSI and Logan Paul. We were in Sydney, oh, went yeah. to like the Koala Park. Uh, and it was it was a really special moment because um, when I was at uh, dinner with Logan, I was like, holy shit, there's only nine people at this table. And I'm sitting at this table and I'm like, bro, this all came from DJing. Like this all came from just like, you know, DJing and you know, someone thought you were dope and then one thing led to another and four years later it's like, yo, bro, we're we're launching Prime in Australia. Do you want to come link up with us and go to the the zoo and dinner? I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, of course. Um it man, it's 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 actually wild. So going back to your question, this is the I'm going off topic. No, I think uh, I love it. So with um with the whole the the DJing and the business side, for me it was like I've always had this in my brain where it's like, I need to monetize myself as best as I can. Um, so with DJing, it was like, yeah, like I meet all these people that own pharmaceutical companies, you know, big retail giants, they're, they're CEO of this and that. And it's like, oh man, so what do you do? It's like, oh, I DJ. I'm like, oh, great. Like um, we can do an event. You can DJ <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah sick. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I need something else. Mm-hmm. But it was with, with my, with my company, it was, it was never to a, a get rich quick scheme. It's like, if I have to do something, it's genuinely something that, 
that helps people because that's going to be the driving force. And that's when I created the, the company Swiggle Smiles. Yep. So we've uh, developed a device that, that flosses your teeth with high-pressure water. Um, it's People know it as a, a water pick, water flosser, um, but we've kind of created like a more compact, cool version of it. Talk to me about the process of that now from the point you realize, hey, I want to I want to – I want to also build a business outside of Horizon. I yep. want to do that as well because, again, like you said, you can only monetize yourself in so, so many yeah, ways definitely. when you're a DJ. Like what else yeah. can you do? But yeah, exactly. how did you land on that product? Obviously, you want to solve a problem and help yep. people. How did you land on that product? It was like a Tuesday night at Coles actually. Like, um, I love these stories. Yeah, it was actually really funny. So I don't know if you've ever had this, but like, you know, you do your you do your shopping and stuff like that and you come across like the health, the like the – the dental health aisle, you know, where they got the skincare, the face masks, the new toothpaste, the new toothbrushes. You're like, okay, like this is like, you know, do you notice in those sections, the lighting is always bright, super bright, and it's so welcoming, right? So, like, all right, you know what, you know what, let me get a new Oral B toothbrush. You know? <laughs> <laughs> let me get a new Oral B toothbrush. Let me get some, you know, face the the the, the face masks, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, you know what, let me start flossing as well. I'm like, I, I barely floss. I hate flossing. Let me get some flossing as well. Went home that night and I'm like, all right, let me try, let me try flossing. And I got the string and I shoved it in my, in, in between my, my tooth and it, sh- it shent like a, it hit my gum so hard that it sent a shiver through my whole body. And that's when the PTSD from flossing <laughs> happened. And then I'm like, bro, there has to be an easier way. And then I thought about when I went to the dentist, I'm like, the dentists aren't getting a string and like, yeah. you know, like getting in there with the string. They're using a water jet to ideally like, you know, obviously clean your teeth. I'm like, why don't you create a household version for that for people with like a, a very strong jet, like 120 PSI jet that flosses your teeth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, I found out they were on the market, but they were very like pharmaceutical. It's and very boring. not sexy. Like no. I said, I'm a, one of my um, claims to fame, not claims to fame, it's one thing I'm proud of that most people in my age, and I just turned 30, still no feelings, no cavities, no nothing. It's 30 out. years old. I'm still, I'm, I'm undefeated. Now I go down where obviously we, we've got this whole level up here, but downstairs for anyone that's been to the studio, there's a dentist downstairs. And I was getting it done for him. He's like, oh, your teeth are in, in, in very good shape. I'm surprised you've got no thing, but you don't floss much, do you? I go, oh, can you tell? He's like, yeah, just in between, blah, 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 a little bit of like wear and tear there, but, it, but it's all right. I said, I can't floss because same thing, I do it, it hurts my gums. Yeah. He goes, here, oh, here, I'll give you one of these on your way out. It's like a, a shitty like Colgate one of that. He's like, I'd love to design one for myself, but he's like, I don't have time. Yeah. But again, same thing. It's like these products may existed, but – they were very unsexy. Yes. Not that again, these companies aren't putting their heart and soul into these no. products. So it makes an opportunity for, for small startups yeah. to build something and have real impact. Now, yeah. since you've got more into the business side of things, has that helped you approach? Because obviously you're very good at marketing, like mm-hmm. your TikTok's massive, you have many videos with tens of millions of views. Has being involved in business helped you in terms of the way you promote yourself and, and think about content distribution for you as the artist? Of course. Or they helped each other? No, I feel like they, they work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of felt when I, when I started this company, that 14-year-old horizon, that hungry horizon built up again. Because it was like, okay, let's put all my ideas, but for the, the business side, because obviously it's like we know all the hooks. We know like how to entice people, bring them in, right, sure, like that. 100%. Um, so it's actually, it's actually worked like really well hand in hand, yeah. And um, so how long how long ago did you launch the, the company? So we started in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so during COVID, um, it was an idea I always wanted to start, but I never had time because I was 
constantly were touring. you guys like had like a bunch of dead time when co like did yeah did, were you able to do what were you doing what was life like as a dj for those like whatever how many months bro melbourne we had the longest lockdown in the world in melbourne yeah when that happened your home i was i was a uh, prison sentence man. Yeah, pretty much yeah right? so i had i had time Perfect i had, time, to I had time bro yeah and it was like it was it was actually really funny because um when i found out that um so i i before COVID, I was building up the the company, mm-hmm. but when I found out the government was giving JobKeeper, I had to double down because the government's giving free money p- to people. Yep. I'm like, I need to double down, start running these ads because people have money. It's like you think people are not because it's COVID, people aren't working. I'm like, man, people are getting money. I'm like, you know, and we made we made a lot of money during COVID. Or some people were making more money than they were working. Of course, hundred <laughs> percent. And that's why it was so hard to get people to go back to work. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And like they even, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why. Um, it does like they they also doubled the the, the like Centrelink to the doll at that time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, so there was so much money, mm. you know, going around in the market. So to take advantage of that. You, you mentioned were you a pure play e-com before and now you're starting to talk about retail yes, distribution. Yes. And- so we were we were purely e-com, uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, and then, yep. you know, TikTok uh, started there having, you know, their ads. And actually TikTok was, did very well yep. for us. Um, I think it was more like I, I had to learn Photoshop and, you know, Premiere Pro and stuff like that. And, you know, it was at the time where we did very professional ads for um, – our products, but then when TikTok started bringing out their platform for advertising, I'm like, man, it just skyrocketed for us because you know the CPMs were super low, way lower than so Facebook. cheap, and you can literally make an organic ad with a voiceover. This is before that, that you know that one voiceover that's yeah, that, really annoying. That yeah, yeah. You know, that lady, yeah, you can just do like a just random cuts of a video with the voiceover, and it would sell. Yeah. So well, yeah. Because you've got an address. Is TikTok shop op- like available anywhere? Like obviously it's in the US. Is it in the UAE or anything? Or? It is. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah yeah, 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 it is. Yep, yep. So as you go to scale, obviously you've got a lot of connections and relationships due to the nature mm. of your work. But in terms of the business strategy so people can understand like your thought process, of course. what made you decide I also want to pivot into retail? Okay. So with our, with our product, it's a non-replenishment uh, res- non-replenishment product. So it's like, it's not like skincare, you know, you buy a jar of skincare after two weeks, you have to buy another one, obviously, if you like it. Um, With ours, it's like a toothbrush. So it's like, we, we were kind of trying to figure out how we can kind of get our customer base back, but it's, it's, it's very hard. It's kind of like you buy it once um, after a few months or, you know, you might think, okay, I'll buy one for my partner. It's a it's a great present, but we never had that, that, you know, that return customer rate, um, unless they wanted to buy extra tips where you have to replace every two to three weeks anyway. So then we, we had to change our structure. Um, how can we kind of sell more units without like kind of just getting it out there more? So we thought B2B hundred percent is is the best way to go. So we did a massive, massive pivot. It's like, let's get our pre-existing product, redevelop it, make it more high end for the retail sector and just have it uh, uh, the the vision we were going for was like the Sephora's, you know, the Mecca's, get it ready for that, you know, yep. more instead of because our branding is very bubbly, bright, um, you know, quirky and stuff like that. We completely changed that. We went more high end, more professional, more like Apple vibe. Yeah. 
Has that rolled out yet? Is that live? No, no. When, when does all this go live? It's early next year. Yeah, early yeah. next year. And the new product are they in manufacturing yet? You've got you've you've approved all the final concepts. It's locked in. There's a few little changes that yep. we have to do, just in terms of like you know like labeling and like what mm. needs to be on the box, yeah, like yeah, legal yeah. stuff. But other than that, I think we're we're ready to go. With moving into ecom, what's like? Has anything surprised you with ecom? How hard it is? How easy it is? How quickly you can scale? What stands out? Um. Yeah, it goes it goes both way. I feel like I feel like with ecom because there's so much ads out there. Because it's like I think you, you probably could back would, me on this. Yeah. Um, in 2020, I felt like everyone could run a Shopify store, yeah, right? It's easy. like, oh yeah, I could be buy my course. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be an overnight entrepreneur making millions of dollars. But like now, there's so much like ads out there. I feel like to the consumer when they see an ad, it's kind of like, before like. Like now compared to 2020, people just scroll past ads. Yeah. Do you feel like the same with? It is. That's why. It, that's why as well. You're probably in a, a, a good position because the bread that you can still absolutely kill it, but it takes real creativity and storytelling to, to help people. And it's not. It's not an influencer posing with the product no. anymore, and just a simple read about the benefits and features. Yes. Like you really have to provide entertainment and value yep. for someone to even give you their attention enough to consider purchasing a product. Yep. So it has changed a lot. It's changed a lot. And one thing, obviously I was doing some research looking into you. Um, you don't really use Horizon to, to promote your, your, your business at all? or um, I did, but I keep it very separate. separate right? Yeah, yeah. Is I that strategically for a reason or? Um, it's more, it's, it's something, yeah, it's kind of like I try and keep Horizon on the, like my online, you know, figure horizon just with the music stuff. I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if people get annoyed if I'm posting mm. the the other thing. It's like, yo, we want DJ content, yeah. you know? like like we want remixes and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I, I like I'm, I'm I generally say I don't know, but like a lot of like artists, athletes have all started businesses, and yeah. I feel like if anything, that's even increase their profile. Definitely. And people would love to see behind the scenes yeah. of fucking favorite DJ building a business. Yeah, hundred like percent. Well. Yeah. I think one thing I've definitely thought about is, you know, being the, like, you know how you said, like people want a personality with, with the ads and stuff, even being the personality for, you know, the, 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 um, swiggle smiles as well. So that's definitely that something I want to explore. Yeah. Massively. Mm. Now let's, let's start to wrap up. you got to head to a wedding now, <laughs> the next five years of, of your life, you've already achieved a certain level of success. How do you then go from the level you're at now to the next level? What does that process look like and what's your vision? What's your goals for the next five years? Definitely. Um, I don't know if I've worked out five years yet. I think it's more like we know after going to Dubai, we know where we want to be based. Um, I think as Julian said previously that you need to be around thriving environments and I suffer from like chronic hay fever and we're not like, when I was in Dubai, I didn't sneeze or had the sniffles once. As soon as I landed in Melbourne, I had a sneezing fit on the plane. Yeah. Um, I think it's now making the move to Dubai, being based there. Um, yeah, but to be to be completely honest, bro, I feel like like five years I still am figuring out as I go. You know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people like they feel like they have it all figured out. But I'm more of a like, see where it takes me and go with the flow. I, I love your honesty because so many people will bullshit and say, yeah. yes, I've got this grand no. plan. Yeah, but yeah. but it, honestly, you don't need that. You need no. to have a North Star, like where you want your life to go. Yeah. And then some people work best with a plan. A lot of things, are, I'll have a plan. But a lot of times 
you just know where you're going and, yeah. you, and you follow the flow that, exactly. that makes you feel good. You follow like the, your intuition and yes, you, you reject important. the, mm. you know, the people and the pathways that can take you off down a path that you don't want to go down. Yeah. So fucking oath, man, if you've got that conviction and self-belief and you're just Definitely. enjoying the process, don't let people tell you you have to 100%. do it this way. You don't have to wake up at 5.30 a.m., do an yeah. ice bath as soon as you wake up, meditate for an hour and a half, stretch yeah. for two hours. Yeah. Like, everyone can do it their own way. There's a lot of pressure I feel like now, you know, especially, you know, with reels and, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, once you start going into those self-motivation pages, then all your real algorithms <laughs> yeah. change. Like, you know, eat vegetables, yeah. do this, do this, do this, do this, and then there's like a new form of pressure. I'm like, yo, you know, back up Just a little do bit. It. Just do it your own way, bro. Yeah. Um, So where's the best place people can find your stuff? So you're DJ Horizon and Swiggle Smiles, you guys on Instagram, TikTok. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, swigglesmiles.com. Uh, that's S W I G L E smiles.com. Yeah. yeah. And then where are you on Instagram? Just DJ Horizon. DJ, DJ underscore Horizon. And then on TikTok, just DJ Horizon. You'll awesome, find Awesome, brother. Um, yep. Thank you so much for, for making time while you're here. I bro, know you're here you for a very me. short amount of time. So I'm grateful to, to get an hour of your time. Best of luck, bro. If there's anything e-com, message me anytime. We'll bounce dude, ideas and dude, chat, bro. This is the start of a good friendship. Bro. 100%. Thanks you, so much, brother. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.